You're listening to Siren Radio. It is Thursday, the 25th of November. Here comes the alert. It's just coming up to four o'clock in the United Kingdom. In the United States, it's just coming up to eight o'clock on Thanksgiving Day. So that means we have to give the biggest, rousiest, happiest, upbeatiest welcome to the next voice you're going to hear on Siren Radio. It's that of Bruce K. Rosenboom live from the man cave. Are you there, Bruce? Uh, I certainly am, Andrew, and I'm anchored to my chair because, uh, as you know, we uh, I've been reporting to you during the night. Uh, you have. That we have what they call Santa Ana winds here. And it's a condition where we get winds um, of over 60 to 70, 80 miles an hour here. And um, coming out my, my man cave window. That, you, it's all howling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching them, and they are almost one of them, almost at a 90 degree angle. Oh, that's how much. Good. That's how bent over it is, and and we have this one telephone pole with a uh, high voltage canister yep. above us that's in our neighbor's yard, but kind of looks over our our backyard as well. And so we've been keeping an eye on that because when those things pop, that's when trouble starts because you have live wires or fires that start from that. So. And it's so quite it's been an interesting pool as well. So that's not. Yeah. So it's been, it's been an interesting night because ATT sent out a notification that um, the power company was going to be conducting what they call power outages, strategic power outages um, designed mainly to, um, to, to not have these things overload in these windy conditions and, and pop and, and create sparks that then cause fires. Yeah. And so, and so all last night and early this morning on a, out of every 10 minutes, they've been doing these power surges where we lose power and then it comes right back on. Um, but they seem to have um, stopped for the for the most part at around 5 o'clock this morning. So for the last three hours, we've been uh, surge free. Oh, brilliant. But well, let's was, keep our fingers yeah, crossed. It. Yeah, we couldn't figure out what the problem was because the, the alarm clock kept going off because <laughs> it was resetting to midnight. And uh, and then the TV picture kept freezing and then going back on. And then it finally dawned on us that it was um, these power surges that were happening and we were being affected by it. So now let's keep our so, fingers crossed. Yeah, keep fingers crossed that we're, we get through this. Now, because you've been up early, you've been able to do quite a lot of preparation. And I'm guessing the smell in the house is fantastic because you were telling me you got the turkey in good and early and you've been baking bread. Wonderful. Uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, Jackie ordered, we bought a bread maker. Um, we haven't had one in many years and we got, we got all of a sudden the urge to start baking bread again, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the worst thing we could probably do. Neither of us need to eat bread, but, um, <clears throat> we ordered about 15 packets of uh, bread mix. We found a place somewhere, I think in, in Idaho. And for just a couple dollars per per packet, oh, wow! <laughs> we it was we ordered fifteen different varieties of bread. So <laughs> the next time you visit and yep. uh, and you and you go to make your famous bruschetta that you are that it was the most incredible I've ever had, you will have a <laughs> choice of well, we will make fresh bread for that bruschetta and we'll have a oh, good time. Now we're going to be talking a bit more about what you do on Thanksgiving in a bit, but there's a bit of stuff we have to get through, and some of it is uh, is is not particularly happy. We have seen in this country uh, the outcome of two trials, but you've had three trials which have um, really just soured the mood. I think. 
Yeah, we've had three trials that took place from three different incidents that happened over the last number of years. We had the probably, well, they're all famous, I would guess, but there's uh, this uh, kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, I think he was from Indiana, was this uh, 17-year-old who, during the Black Lives Matter protests in Wisconsin, saw that there was some looting and rioting going on. So he took it upon himself. Um, he was a fan of uh, law enforcement, a wannabe policeman, um, somehow um, had access to uh, an assault weapon, an AR-15, and got his mother to drive him across state lines so he could protect property in Wisconsin to help the business owners there. Ended up shooting three people, killing two of them. Um, I will have. It's important to note that the people that he killed were not black; they were white, and he himself is white, which um, probably um, uh, had a, a played a very important role in in the outcome. He was found not guilty on all counts um, because of a self defense. Um, uh, that he that they claimed it's a self-defense case that, that they built in his favor. Um, but, you know, most people are saying, though, had the victims been black or had he himself been black, the outcome would have been a lot different. But because it was a white guy who killed two white people, um, the, the the city, the, the 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 blowback hasn't been as intense as, as it would have been otherwise. And the city was very calm and peaceful that night. You know, they had brought in um, over 500 National Guard troops to protect against um, a, a very violent reaction. But they had, they had none of that there. It was just, um, you know, it, it, nothing happened. And, it, and the case <clears throat> the case ended and he walks away. And now he's a martyr to the white uh, supremacists out there who holding holding him up as a, some kind of a model. And um, and and you have um, a couple of these Trump, uh, uh, they call the Trump squad now, like the Lauren Boberts and the Matt Getzes and the Madison Cawthorns in Congress, the real fringe members of, of Congress who are now, um, are, you know, they're, they're creating um, co- competition to see who can get him to be an intern in their office. So that's that. That was that, so that was the outcome of one trial. The other trial was the trial of the white nationalists. Who marched in Charlottesville and when uh, this one young woman was was hit by a, a car that sped through a crowd and was killed, and the uh, the protest turned turned ugly, but they were not found guilty on conspiring to commit violence and, and, and racial racial tensions. They were because the jury couldn't come to they didn't the jury couldn't didn't feel they had enough evidence to prove that they actually conspired to commit violence even though violence did occur, because they had the right to march, and that was just kind of an offshoot. But they were found criminally liable, and they were, um, and they were, um, they were found um, criminally liable, where the, and, and the award that the jury placed on them was to pay a $25 million um, a fine, or, or it was a judgment of $25 million that, this, that these groups of white nationalists have to pay as restitution. So even though they weren't found guilty, they were hit hard in their pocketbook, which um, most many legal experts say that 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 sum of money will drain groups of any funding that they have to recruit and buy whatever things that they buy or merchandise that they make up. Um, and, and, and 
because because these groups aren't wealthy groups. They're 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 mainly you know you know just to put it nicely, they're people that need to get a life that they have a lot of time on their hands. So you know they they become angry that uh, the the world has passed them by, and they get out there and they march and, and they they say that you know, certain groups of people won't replace them and so on and so forth. So by hitting them in the pocketbook, they felt that was probably um, equally as, as, as tough as having them found guilty of, of, of conspiring to commit violence. So that was another, another uh, trial that took place. And then the, the third one was the Ahmaud Arbery um, uh, case. It's the young man, the, the, the young unarmed black man who was jogging in a, in a town in, Georgia, and uh, three self-proclaimed, I guess, vigilantes decided that they were going to take the law into their hands and, and stop this man who they thought was uh, robbing, was was the description of someone who had been um, burglarizing their, their neighborhood. So they, they, they conspired to set a trap for him, and as he came jogging through their neighborhood, they they tried to, what they claim, make a citizen's arrest, but you know, he um, he just tried to to run past them and get away. But they somehow surrounded him and and caught him. And one of the one of the guys that did that had a had a gun. And um, and and as the the kid was doing his best to try to get away from them, he was shot and killed. And their defense was a self defense defense as well. And, and but you know an unarmed, unarmed black guy doing his best to get away from three guys trying to to to, to get you for basically no reason at all or at least in, you know, any no reason that this kid knew of mm. and then to have them you know to have a gun pointed at you your your natural reaction is going to be to try to you know not not allow that person to use that weapon on you so long story short is all three of these gentlemen if you want to call them that, were found were found guilty of murder. Um, different from what I understand, I haven't read through everything on this case yet, but I understand it's different degrees of murder, but they were all found guilty of murder nonetheless. <clears throat> and this is a case that <clears throat> was another case in this country where, similar to George Floyd, an unarmed black man was killed by by three white people. <clears throat> so you know that you know if based on just what we've seen over the last number of years, had had this verdict come back anything but guilty, you can imagine been, what, what yeah. might have taken place. And the fact that, you know, in many cases, sometimes even when the, the verdict comes back in your favor, things can still get out still of get control. Out of hand. But, th- but that did not happen here. So, well, that, that, you know, that exercise, yeah, a, a good judgment was exercised here by the community. So, you know, so, so three things. And then, when you thought things just couldn't get any worse in Wisconsin again. Oh, no. The other night you had this so 39-year-old guy in some strange state of mind decided, decided to drive his SUV through a Christmas parade and killed a number of people there. And what exactly the motivation was, um, he, um, we, we still don't really know. There's different versions of a story as to where he was coming from and running away from or whatever. The first thing was he claimed he was running away from a knife fight, but then it, but then um, they're saying now that there's more to it that it wasn't a knife fight that there was some other issue of uh, domestic violence and assault involved and 
you know, who knows what, what he was doing and why he was in that state of mind. But, you know, it's, it's like, there's, there's a a strange, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's either the, the effects of a, of, of what Trump unleashed on us in this country, or it's just the effect of the pandemic people being locked up for the last two years or combination of both. But, you know, unfortunately, many, many experts feel that things in this country are going to get worse before they get better. And that's just another example of it. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's in, in, in probably a lot of it because there's such a political divide in this country, maybe could have been avoided from, from a lot of this, but because political tensions are high and people are, you know, just kind of like on edge, want to get back to having a normal life again. Mm. Things are happening. But, um, you know, one good thing that came out of this, Andrew, was that there was a gentleman interviewed who was a witness to this. And he had said, you know, you know, by the grace of God, we go. Um, he had just told his daughters who were, you know, watching this parade from in the street. He said, please get out of the street. Um, you know, you never know if, you know, cars could come by and you don't want to be in the middle of the street. Please get on the sidewalk. And he made his young daughters get on the sidewalk. And he said, no sooner had he put them on the sidewalk that this guy came racing down right past where they were. <sighs> this particular family was spared from this, from this, this act of, you know, unnecessary act of violence, but so something good came out of it, even though, but on the other hand, some people, unfortunately were young people were killed by this, this person, but at least there was one, one good thing that came out of it. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to talk hopefully about some positive stuff um, in a wee while. Um, is there anything happening to your president? Um, I get the feeling he's just getting on with the job, quite um, um, op- opposed to the way that <clears throat> the previous president used to get up every morning and send a massive amount yeah. of stuff which would stir things up. I've written a couple of things down. I'm calling Joe Biden the quiet man, the patient man. Yeah, I think that's that's um, that's fair, although I think some people would like to see him um, get a little stronger and a little tougher on 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 the way the Republicans are behaving um, in, in Congress and the kinds of things that are happening. We had uh, Congressman Paul Gosar from Arizona put out a uh, a video of him killing uh, one of a fellow congressperson, AOC, uh, Cortez from New York, and then showed him, you know, using swords on, you know, stabbing at, at, at Joe Biden, committing violence against the president as well. And um and it just, you know, and, and yet the, the Republican caucus and, and Kevin McCarthy, they take they don't hold any of these people accountable. They just let him go. And, he, and his excuse was, it's you know, they want to they want to um, censor Gosar because um, the Democrats just want control. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's like, it's not about control. It's about holding people accountable. I mean, years ago, if you would have put, published a, a violent video showing, you know, yourself killing the president or killing another congressperson, and you would have been uh, you'd have been tried and, and, and executed for that. That that's a that's a that's that's criminal. Mm. And and yet this guy gets away with it. And and he he had taken the video down and he said that he was he was a good guy and this and that. But as soon as he was censored, he put the video back up. So you tell me. I mean, it's it, it, again, it's it's weirdness. And the Republicans, all they're doing right now because the elections of 22 are coming up and they don't want to. They're afraid to, to alienate that Trump base. They are so disruptive and they've become so, so, so far out on the fringe. It's, it's disgusting because it's really nice to wake up in the morning to a president who is quiet, who's considerate, who's compassionate, who you don't have to hear a, a mean tweet 
or hear him bully somebody. You know, it's nice to wake up in the morning and know that, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty much a nice normal day. And that you got a president that's, that's, you know, slowly but surely, you know, attacking all the items on his agenda. I mean, they're, they're saying they're blaming him for the pandemic woes that we're having. Are you kidding? He's gotten this whole country <laughs> vaccinated. He did a great job distributing it and getting this vaccine into places where it's needed to get now young people vaccinated. I mean, he's doing a great job when it comes to that. He got, uh, uh, the rescue plan passed to help people financially and, and small businesses, uh, financially. He just got the infrastructure bill passed. It's going to create jobs. And now he's working on, on the build back better plan. That's going to, you know, take things even further. And yet the Republicans, you know, they're holding up all these plans to make the country better, to put people back to work, to make people's lives, to get back to normal. And yet, you know, and they're saying, that, and, and, and yet people are still saying they feel the country's going in the wrong direction. The, the, that Biden's popularity numbers are 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 are, are, are at the lowest point ever. Uh, it's, I, 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 I do, I, it makes me scratch my head. I just don't understand where the thinking in this country is. And there's a good chance the Republicans can can get the House and the Senate back, which would be a which would mean that nothing will get done for the last two years of Biden's presidency. It's going to be it'll be a, a lame duck for two years before the presidential election. And on and on top of that. You know, they're blaming him for for in, the inflationary um, signs that we're seeing in this country with price, food and gas prices going up because of, you know, the distribution uh, chain problems at the ports. But what we've seen now is that, you know, Biden is trying to to help keep the, the um, gas prices down by tapping into some of our emergency reserves, although that's probably a Band-Aid approach that's, that's at least – that it, there's a possibility he could uh, that that the prices could come down there in the short term, and then there there now a lot of these container ships out at sea are being fined for not making efforts to get their um, their <laughs> containers their containers unloaded at the docks. So all of a sudden, as as fines are starting to be issued, you see these big companies are all of a sudden finding ways to get the ships to port and containers unloaded. So it's uh. <laughs> so it's a weird. We'll, we'll see what we'll see, but uh, we we certainly will. Now, come on, let's. We've done 15 minutes on on the the grumpy stuff. Let's do yeah. um, a little bit now before your power goes off and you have to go and sort something catastrophe in the kitchen because the turkey's only half cooked. Let's say Happy Thanksgiving Day. What's it like in the Rosenblum household? Well, this morning, I mean, well, first of all, you know, you know, you know what the original meaning of Thanksgiving is and why yeah, why we it, had it. It was because saying goodbye group. to us. You got rid of us. You said, yeah. Brits, go home. So we did. Yeah, so, so let's not both... celebrate that because no. we are we, we have a great relationship with our, our friends across the pond. And uh, I mean, I couldn't, uh, you know, feel more strongly about the love I have for your for you and your country and, and, and the area in which you broadcast from. Uh, that, that goes without saying. Thank you. But generally what we'll do now is Thanksgiving is more a celebration of what we can be thankful for more, more, more than the fact that we left the, the UK, but um, many, many years ago. So what we'll do this morning is because we have four kids and they're all got families of, you know, families of their own and, and in-laws and other relatives. Um, we didn't want to be the ones to, to cause the problems where which, which family do you go to on Thanksgiving? So for the last number of years, we've been doing what we call the pajama, pajama Thanksgiving. It's very informal. Oh. Paper plates. They have the kids will start coming over in about 45 minutes with their families. We've got 
we've got the turkey in the oven, the bread making. It'll all be ready by around 11, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. So we kind of do a brunch Thanksgiving. And we make all the families come over with pajamas. They must wear their pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and we eat off paper plates, and we have puzzles and games set up for all the grandkids, and we have the different TVs on in different rooms watching the uh, There'll be there'll be football games on today, college and pro. So we will watch watch football. We will eat. We will celebrate in the morning. And then those who have other places that they have to be in the afternoon can go have a second Thanksgiving with those families. And the rest can stay with us for as long as they'd like. And, uh, oh, wow. And we'll, we'll do that. But generally what we do at this time is we'll we'll sit around and we'll make everybody kind of reflect back on what they're thankful for. And we'll go around the table and there's, you know, there's about 20 of us now. I mean, there's at least, you know, 15 with all the grandkids and everything, Jackie and I at Duke, there's, there's about 15 or 20 of us and we'll go around and we'll just see, you know, what are you thankful for? And, and, and everybody kind of has time, you know, has pause for, for thought and reflect back on what they're thankful for. And most people are thankful that we're here, that, uh, that we're, 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 we're a close knit family that we take care of each other, we support each other, we, we're thankful for our spouses and our kids and our health, and um, and and we and we um, and we hope that um, we can help make the world a little bit better place. That we can uh, pay things forward a little bit. We're thankful for our friends. Um, I know Jackie and I are <clears throat> are thankful for each other. We're thankful that we've gotten through our health issues this year. I got a clean bill of health on my knee from the surgeon the other day. Excellent. I am, uh, but I, I will, I will get a little bit, uh, I'll, I'll talk, I'll wear a little bit of my heart on my sleeve when it comes to this because generally it's just us and we don't, we're not with friends and, and others who, who impact our lives. And while I have you here and we're doing this, I will say that I give thanks to you and Deb. Uh, we, 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 uh, we, we became friends a number of years ago through the BEA and, and that friendship blossomed into us being able to speak once a week on, on things that are, are both common to us and things that um, impact our lives. And through this American Cousins show, we are, uh, we are so thankful to have you as our friends. And, and it's more, you're more than that now. We've, we've, um, we've bonded over the years. I, you're, you're very special to us. Um, you're, you're more like family than a friend these, you know, to us. Um, I, you know, every time something happens in the world, I, the first, my first reaction is, I wonder how Deb and Andrew are doing. I wonder how, you know, if they're okay. And, um, I know that we think about you all the time when we've gone through family situations or, or tragedies or, or illness or, or even, you know, even the good times we love to share with you. Um, we live vicariously through you guys. And I just want to say, you know, just say so much thank you that you've impacted my life. Um, you, you, you came into my life at a time when I didn't know what the next chapter was going to be. Um, but, um, I, I found it through you and, and I can't thank you enough for the incredible opportunity you gave me and for the incredible friendship and support you provide as, as a friend. And, and I know, you know, we use this term all the time, but, um, if I had a, if I had a, an old, an older <laughs> or a twin brother, let's say it would be you. It, it would, it would be you. And I, I, I can't. I can't uh, give enough thanks to to our our friendship and relationship. Bruce, it's been a pleasure to to do this. It's been a pleasure to be part of your family. Um, and the whole thing about um, what we've experienced, I think, and if if I'm going to just reciprocate about being thankful for something, 
it's being shown how you can carry on learning, how you can carry on no matter how many years we have under a belt. And both of us have 67. Yes, I am slightly older than you. So I'm <laughs> your slightly older brother from a different mother, as we sometimes jokingly say. But I think the point the point is we have we've both come to Siren and to this program and to the way our families have come together, bringing a huge six decades worth of life experience and yet we are still learning you're still trying to patiently teach me about baseball i think i've given up trying to teach you about cricket but it's it's <laughs> it's the, it's it's the way particularly over the last 18 months when we've been doing this program almost weekly um where we have been able to um, experience it together but apart and to in some senses and i think this is true of a lot of people during the, the the pandemic they've had to learn how to communicate again in a way perhaps that social media with just sending short messages doesn't um, and i know people say oh i hate doing zoom why can't we get together i've just finished a project with seven authors in lincolnshire who in normal times would not have been able to journey to the studios to do the project that in fact is going out next week on siren because they're just too old they they, they can't get around the county but using Zoom, um, we've been able to explore all sorts of exciting things with them that these 70, 80 and 90 year olds could never imagine. And that, um, I think, has underpinned what we've done over the last particular 18 months. And it's that wonderful sense that we can carry on listening to each other and exploring and learning. And long may that continue, because the more yeah. we are open, the more we listen with just with more than our ears, with, with our hearts and our minds, that's the way things can gradually return to whatever the new normal is going to be. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Andrew. And I, and I think, you know, uh, one, one, one institution I want to give thanks for, and, and, I, and, and sincerely, and, and is Siren Radio in, in, Lincoln, in the University of Lincoln, in Lincolnshire, because, you know, they, they took a chance. They were able to see the vision that you had in creating our, our little conversation every week, um, which, you know, and I, and I hope we've done them proud by, by going at, you know, by, by going to levels neither of us thought we could go to. I mean, we won two Edward R. Murrow awards for this, this program. I mean, absolutely. You know, in, in, in the United States, when news programs start to, to, in their advertising, they always put in, you know, winner of, an Edward R. Murrow Award. It's a very prestigious award and not to be taken lightly in the world of journalism. And for me, I never in a million years would have imagined myself as a journalist or a broadcaster. And yet, you know, by having, you know, Siren and, 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 and the administrators at Lincoln, you know, allow us to take a chance on us and, and be visionary and say, hey, how about doing a show where two guys just, you know, have many things in common, yet there are, there are many things that are different. Uh, have a discussion each week and and talk from the heart. I give them a lot of credit and, and a lot of thanks and 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 I look forward to to doing this for as long as you will want to do it and the, and the university will allow us to do it. I give I give thanks to them as well. Bruce, it's been a real privilege and pleasure to be with you, particularly today. Uh, despite the historical background to Thanksgiving, we want to wish you and your family and your fellow country people all the very best today and uh, hope that you have. As restful, but as upbeat and as a happy day as it is absolutely possible for you to have. So from all of us here at Siren, thank you very much indeed for being with us today. Thank you, Andrew. Love you all.
Be safe and healthy.